The Sports Complex of the Horn. Back hour two on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. Going to get into some NFL talk. We haven't had a lot of time this week to talk about anything because uh, Rangers playing. Uh, Rangers are going to be starting soon, so we'll give you updates on that as well. Talk some Cowboys, some Texans, some Vikings, Eagles playing tonight. You can check it out with our friends out at Wings Up with Rod Babers and Aaron Hogan out there hanging out. Uh, We'll get back into a little bit more Sark and uh, some Wyoming, Texas talk. We'll have all that coming up for you here in hour two of the Sports Complex and... On the text line, 512-337-3776. The poll of the day, we are asking, after week two, now that we know two weeks of college football, which now is your scariest game left on the schedule for Texas? And I also want to know, Team Cake or Team Pie? Let us know. I've got some people texting in, <laughs> Team Cake or Team Pie? You can't be both. I know we have somebody that says Team Both. I want my desserts. you got to pick one. Look, we cover hard <laughs> political issues here on the Sports Complex. <laughs> team Cake or Team Pie. If you had this was an actual political discussion, then people hey. would it, – it would divide the country more than any – there would be multiple insurrections at any pie and <laughs> bakeries across the country, people going in and setting what they do. Look, they're making cakes back here. Cake Boss would have to – you know, new, t- new show for Cake Boss. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, listen, I, I think if you go to most bakeries, you should ask them what their most popular items are, and I bet there will be more cake than pies at their spots. They probably even have more cakes than pies at most bakeries. That's That right there should let you know. The market the market is telling you. The market I'll, is- I'd also say, Rod, though, if you go down into downtown Kyle and go to the Texas Pie Company and order their <laughs> – they make the ma- most amazing pies you've ever had in your life. Right on Main Street in Kyle, man, they have a couple of those places. There's a great pie place out in uh, Marble Falls. They're just awesome. Oh, Houston got the House of Pies. House right? of Pies, yeah, too. man. Yeah, they got cakes there, too. Yeah, yeah the I other thing about uh, Texas Pie Company, uh, on, for lunch, they do a chicken pot pie. Oh, now that. Chicken that, pot pie special. Now, see, there lunch. you go. Yeah, you once cheating? we get into yeah. meat pies. Now you're cheating. Yeah, meat pies, <laughs> exactly. whole different ball game. <laughs> Whole different ball game. <laughs> Amen to that magic. Amen. You, you don't get to take this into because there's no meat cake, and if there was, I don't want it. But, <laughs> I guess meatloaf. Meatloaf is the closest thing you're gonna get to meatloaf. Meat is very close to meat cake. I think That's it's because I love the crust. I like the crust yeah. and then the filling, and then. Uh, but I, I, I don't get. I'll eat pie. I'll eat cake. I, it's just easier. But see, you know, but I, see try Aaron, to, I try to avoid sugar. And this is the problem too: is you like if you want if you like the crust, then icing wins. Like now, oh, if you yes. if you if you He's iced right. a pie, I'll give it another shot. Oh. But <laughs> icing beats icing crust wins. every day of the week. That is so true. <laughs> icing beats crust. He serves right. I think on that's this, true. Man. And he's got you on that one. <laughs> yeah, check and mate. On yeah. That one. yeah, these these hard debates we have here on the horn. <laughs> what are you? What are I'll you give y'all the curveball. Where are you guys on cupcakes? Oh, like oh, cake in a cup. Love it. Yeah. That's yeah. even better. Because I yeah. can eat, like, more of those. <laughs> right. That's like the mini Oreos or whatever. Yeah, you know and you I mean? can, you can van- then be like, oh, that's a small one, so I'll have three. You can do that <laughs> a little bit easier. It's harder to do with slices of cake. You can't be like, if yes. you're on your third slice of cake, you, it doesn't matter the size anymore. But a cupcake, yes. you can pretend, and you can kind of just grab one and walk away with it. You know, you just throw it away. You don't need a – you can eat it standing up, a plus for any yes. anybody at parties. Right, well, that's – <laughs> my my wife makes amazing uh, cupcakes, so I'm going to bring you guys some to okay. the studio. Oh yeah, oh, she, and it's like a hobby of hers. 
Oh, what? Yeah, See, I am in. That's her, that's her therapy is to make cupcakes. Oh, why? They, new, new, new styles and they, new flavors and I wish, I wish my, wife's, my wife's therapy was to bake <laughs> sweets. That would be amazing. What? That's not my wife's Loves therapy. It. Loves it. it if there's ever a birthday party or party in the neighborhood, I got, I'll make cupcakes. You married the right one. Wow. <laughs> and I don't even like them. I don't even eat them. Yeah. Oh, no, how about that? Talk about the opposites attract. Yeah, exactly. This guy's a pie I'm a, guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, she made pies, but she loves the cupcake. cupcake queen, and he's a pie guy. I don't know the rest of your kids, but the one I know doesn't seem like he eats a lot of cupcakes. Doesn't oh, seem he like does. He does? See, just because he's skinny, don't let him fool you. <laughs> oh, how about this? Christina says, cupcake tip, cut it in half and turn it over and frosting in the middle. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, she puts filling in them. She fills them oh. with stuff. Yeah, she's know, like the cupcake I don't need all the filling. I just need... Yeah. The, the cup. See, the this cake. is me and Ron are on the same page. <laughs> and the icing. And yeah, the icing. The icing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that filling is always nothing. Nothing like getting a filling in a donut or something that you weren't you weren't expecting. That that is <laughs> oh, not a feeling. Anytime yes. you bite into something and then it's juice, like that's not a. I just don't need that. No, I don't need like that in my life. Johnny, we don't need that. <laughs> you don't need that. Yes, exactly. Nobody wants to be we surprised. Don't want mystery when, filling. You don't want to surprise me something in your mouth as a surprise. <laughs> Nobody wants that. That's the worst. <laughs> it is like, oh, what the? Oh, I didn't expect mm, that. No. Well, today's ruined. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, donuts. Hey, now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Didn't you don't see that, that coming. <laughs> uh, speaking of ruining days, the Cowboys are going to ruin Zach Wilson's day uh, yes. <laughs> on Sunday. This is, uh, I asked you earlier, if anybody still knows, if you see anybody who has a, a, a prop bet on the amount of sacks that the Cowboys are going to get against the Jets this week, they, they got seven sacks, 10 tackles for loss against Saquon Barkley and a mobile quarterback with probably one of the best mobile quarterback coaches in Brian Dayball. And I, I'm not going to say Daniel Jones is great, but he's probably better than Zach Wilson is. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you on that. And the Giants allowed the most quarterback hits in week one because the Cowboys were putting it on them. The Jets allowed eight in week one. I think that number is going to go up exponentially. Yeah. The only hope for Zach Wilson is that uh, Dallas is considered the cougar capital of the world. So he could, you know, the cougar hunting. Distracted. Yeah, he, he could, uh, you know what I'm saying? He'd go out in like Highland Park or something. He'd be good. He'll be oh. ready for that game. Let him. He can sneak out of curfew. Oh man! Yeah, would that I think, be good or bad for Zach Wilson? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, he's he's gonna. And Miles I still, of Dallas, they're all in on him. That's true. Yeah, that is. It's gonna be brutal. It, it, you know, it's bad when the opposing team comes out and says they should have protected the quarterback better. Like that, Micah Parsons came out and said that about the Giants this week that he felt bad for Daniel Jones because the Cowboys didn't or the Giants did not protect him well enough. And there was, it was a shame that they did not protect him better. We know that the, the Jets wanted to uh, run chop blocks, and Aaron Rodgers didn't want them, and they're still trying to do them, which Micah Parsons will take a chop block and step on the guy's head and run right to the quarterback. Th- this seems like it's a disaster that if I'm the Jets, are you going to – I know you, you're just probably going to take up uh, Boyle from, your, from the practice squad is going to be your backup because you can't get anybody else ready in time. I know they were reaching out to somebody – that was on the Rams that played with Nathaniel Hackett. But then because uh, Stetson Bennett went on the uh, non-football illness or whatever, non-football injury list today, that he got called up to the Rams, so he's not coming. So I don't think they have a third-string uh, quarterback. I feel like I would want to have a third-string quarterback if I'm playing the – most points where I'm playing the Cowboys this season. Yeah. I would Thir- agree with that. There, there were 13 quarterbacks – sorry, 13 teams last season that used a third – starter at quarterback 
So, yeah, they're going to need a third. They, they need a third-string quarterback. Well, go with what they did last week. If you're going over under seven sacks, do you think the Cowboys get over or under seven sacks on Sunday afternoon? This is the thing, though, guys. The Jets may decide to just run the rock. Uh, and if I was the Jets uh, offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, I would just run the rock. Truth is, the Cowboys, one of their weaknesses is their rush defense, or at least it was. If, and one of the, uh, the ways to attack Micah Parsons is to run right at him, probably yeah. the most effective way. Brees Hall looked good on Monday night. So I would run, I'd run the rock, and they got two running backs. Right? I thought they got uh, uh, Dalvin Cook. Cook. Dalvin Cook. I would just ride the two-headed monster mostly. Well, and I've, and, I, I, I think Dan Quinn is expecting that. Yeah. And that's going to be a problem. And that's why I say, and, you know, on, on Ian Rod B, Patrick, we were talking about, I mean, Daniel, Daniel Jones was a nine-win playoff winning quarterback last year. Just got yeah. a huge contract. I've never, I mean, his eyes in that game, Rod, I mean, you, you know the three high safeties they're running and the three safety looks at Dan Quinn with all that personnel. Dan, I mean, there were times when, when Daniel Jones had a look on his face like, I don't know where to throw the ball. I don't know what's open. I don't know who's doing what. He was lost in that game, and that's where a lot of those seven sacks came. Obviously, Zach... Because here's the other part that I don't think has been talked about a lot with the injury to Aaron Rodgers. They hired Nathaniel Hackett because of Aaron Rodgers. Yes, yeah. they did. And now Aaron Rodgers is hurt. And is Nathaniel Hackett really a good offensive coordinator? Denver <laughs> would tell you no. Uh, you know what I mean? So now you may be stuck with a bad offensive coordinator who is only there because Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers wanted offense, yeah. yeah, he wanted Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that could be – yeah, I, I'm with you, Patrick. It could get really, really ugly on Sunday for the, for the uh, Jets. What's the line on this game? It's still like three and a half, four. What the hell? That's crazy. I agree. I mean, I think the I think the Vegas wise guys know Patrick that the Jets are going to run this ball. They're going to run the ball. It is nine. It is nine. Choke the clock out. Oh, it's up to nine. It's up to nine. That so makes hopefully sense. you got it at three and a half when it would open on Monday. <laughs> yeah, that so makes it, sense. it's at nine. That makes a little bit more sense. I will say this is a you know a Jets defense that now Dallas's defense should be able to score more points than the Jets' offense will score. That should I, I mean that's wow. a I, that's a safe wow. somewhat safe bet to take in this game <laughs> that they they wow. could hold the Jets to three points six points something like that. And we know the only touchdown they scored. Uh, in the offense and regulation was an insane catch by Garrett Wilson. So if we're going to say that that's all that they could do against against Buffalo, then I don't know how much more they could do there. A pick six or a fumble recovery or something like that does not seem out of the realm of possibility for this Dallas team or a kick return or something like that. But the bigger question is on the offensive end, Brandon Cooks now is, is listed uh, as questionable because he has an MCL sprain, so they don't know if they're going to put him out there, which puts a lot more pressure on to C.D. Lamb, even though they seem to line up sauce on one side of the field, they don't like to move him around and chase a, a wide receiver. It, it, I mean, if I was if I was the Jets, I probably would chase C.D. Lamb if Brandon Cooks is out because I would make Dak Prescott find somebody else. But I, where do you go? What's your offensive game plan against this Jets team if you you know if you're not sure about the running game? Where do you go? If if Brandon Cooks is out and you may not be able to have all the options on offense, yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, I don't know if they'll shadow uh, CD Lamb with Sauce just because it does violate kind of the structural integrity yeah. of your defense to have a guy move. Because then if they, the offense knows that, then they go, okay, let's see where we can put this corner and how many uncomfortable situations we can put him. Can we flex this wide receiver, put him in a minus split? Hell, put him in the backfield and see if your corner is still going to try to shadow him. So I don't know if they'll do that. They'll probably just they'll probably just roll coverage away from Sauce 
They'll help the opposing side, wherever Sauce is. Sauce doesn't get any help. Sauce is probably in zero coverage a lot of times or in, or in man-free, uh, which is just with uh, inside help or with a free safety helping them. So that's how you do that. If you're the Cowboys going against them, um, I think the, the best thing you can do is try to get uh, C.D. Lamb matched up on the other corner as much as you can. I wouldn't even try to put him up against Sauce Gardner at all, especially if he's only on one side of the field. But if they got him shadowing, like I said, it makes your job easier actually as an offensive coordinator. You can you can move uh, that receiver around and really force that cornerback to be in a compromising situation. Make him a run, make, make him a linebacker. Well, <laughs> yeah, and watch I mean, out we, for the safety Whitehead who had the three picks against Josh Allen. Uh, but I would say to the, to the point of the nine-point line, I don't know how, they, how the, the Jets can keep it within the nine if, if the Cowboys don't turn the football over. Because I, I think you said it, they're going to win the field position. They're going to um, you know, force them to be a run-heavy team and then, then not let Zach Wilson beat them. But, you know, it, Rod, Rod and Patrick, I don't know if they, if they can keep it within double digits if, they, if the Cowboys don't do what Josh Allen did and give them four turnovers. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And, I, and I'll say they didn't. They did not switch up what, what Sauce was doing against Diggs when Diggs caught three passes in right. a row down the field. So I, I don't assume they're going to change what they do. And you are going to be able to game plan and put CeeDee Lamb wherever you want to put him. And if Brandon Cooks is out, then, yeah, you're going to try and move him over to the other side of the field, I would assume, more and, and just kind of go. And then I, I think it is you don't try and air the ball out a bunch because you don't want the turnovers. Because what you just said, E, is you can't turn the ball over because then you're giving them good field position or you're letting the defense score points on you. All you need is Dak to be reliable and game managing. Throw the Check it down to Ferguson. Do whatever you got to do. I think that's something, though, that we've seen with Mike McCarthy in preseason play calling and how he's using these players. It seems he's a bit more on the game plan of Jerry Jones and what this team's built to do than Kellen Moore was. When we see Kevontae Turpin being involved in this offense way more in week one than Kellen Moore ever used him in there, I think that's probably a Stephen and Jerry uh, directive. Hey, we signed this guy to a deal. Let's get him in the offense and let's use him some. I, I think that there is something to be said that Mike McCarthy is a little bit more of, I will do what I'm told to do because I know I'll keep my job if I do that. And uh, the Cowboys averaged over five and a half yards per carry on first down against the Giants. That's going to be interesting to see who wins first down versus the Jets because that's going to determine a lot of, you know, what happens in, in these potential predictable passing situations for the Cowboys. If they don't win first down and they end up in second and long and then inevitably third and long, that's the worst place you want to be against the best passing defense in the NFL, which is the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. So you don't want to be throwing against that defense when they, when they, when they know you got to throw it, right? So I wouldn't doubt if, first of all, you see the Cowboys throw the ball more on first down, but those are easier, high-percentage passes yeah. and completions for Dak Prescott so that he can kind of get you know himself confident in the groove and you can keep the Jets off balance and you make sure you win first downs because they're not getting – guys five plus yards or close to three to four you know three to five yards on first down then the Cowboys are going to be in trouble versus that Jets defense yeah and I mean I think even those short passes you'll you can use Tony Pollard in the passing game and yes, get can. some of those passes out and you know I think he had two receptions in that game but you can use him in there that's one of the reasons you like Tony Pollard is because he can catch the ball uh let's move over to the Texans real quick uh, so we can yeah. get to this Vikings Eagle game. You don't have to talk about the Texans much. This is just an interesting game. The Texans are actually favored in it, which is surprising. They see that they're already favored week two, but they're playing the Colts. Uh, people are not as sold on the Colts as they're not sold on anybody. And we know uh, uh, that they, they they don't have the running game. 
that's going to be going this year. Anthony Richardson is going to be your running game for the Colts until further notice because Jonathan Taylor is not back with the team. Uh, the, the Texans are continuing to deal with their injuries. Uh, you know, we know Petrie had the bruised lung. Not a fun injury. I know he hasn't been listed as out for this week, but I the last I heard that he was sitting at practice in street clothes and warm ups, so he was not. He's probably not going to be there. They've had some other. Uh, Jimmy Ward is also injured for the Texans, so both safeties uh, are injured for the Texans. Uh, they just, uh, I believe, they put a couple of their Hassan Ridgeway got put on injury reserve as yeah. well. Uh, so a lot of guys and Noah Brown also put on uh, injury reserve uh, as well. I know. Did you see the stat though that was going around today? And it's got one too many qualifiers for me to really like it. But I do. I just that about C.J. Stroud that it, you can find the positive. That he's the first rookie QB to start in Week One with over 45 dropbacks and no interceptions. So yes, he's without not, a running game too. Without a running, without game, a running they really game, didn't which, run the ball. Bobby Slowick came out. The offensive coordinator for the Texans came out and said. I screwed that up. We didn't establish the run. That's supposed to be our identity, and I just screwed it up, which is that's his first game ever play calling in, in a real season, a regular season game. So there's going to be growing pains with that coaching staff. 100% agree, and I feel bad for D'Amico Ryans. I mean, I'm a Texans fan, but, you know, I thought they had a really strong game plan or at least plan coming in to try to build with the lines of scrimmage, then draft a young quarterback, but give him a fortified offensive line up front. And unfortunately, training camp did not go well for them. They, they were yep. trying to install a new system, so they played guys more than most teams did as they're trying to you know bring a lot of new guys together and build some continuity. And they lost their, their top two centers, so they're down to their third center, who's a fifth-round rookie, Jarrett Patterson. They lost uh, Kenyon Green at left guard. They lost Titus Howard at right tackle. They lost their swing tackle against the Ravens. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're just banged up up front. And then Hassan Ridgeway's another line of scrimmage guy that they've lost. Uh, there were positive in that game, even though it was a double-digit loss, 25-9. to um, You know, the no turnovers uh, without a run game I thought was, was positive. They didn't make that terrible play. And then the pressure rate from the other side, Rod, I thought was really good for the Texans. Will Anderson and Jonathan Gennard mm-hmm. got after Lamar Jackson. They had Lamar Jackson to 150 yards passing. Yep. Uh, and once J.K. Dobbins went out of the game, they limited their running game beyond that. Uh, yeah, I know uh, – Justice Hill had a couple of rushing touchdowns, but you know that that number got got wider because of a fumble uh, late in the game. That uh, you know it was like seventeen to nine. Then there was a fumble that led to a quick touchdown, and all of a sudden it's twenty-five to nine. So it looks wider. Houston was really in that game into the fourth quarter uh, because their defense played well and. T.J. Stroud didn't make big mistakes and passed for 244. So, again, I, I can see why they're favored against a young Colts team, too, without Jonathan Taylor and a rookie quarterback. But, man, they, they couldn't have gone worse for them, Rod, with all the injuries up front because, uh, you know, only only Laramie Tunsil, a left tackle, and uh, Shaq Mason, a right guard, those are your only starting linemen right now. Yeah, I, uh, I think the defense will keep you in some of these games, but um, the lack of offensive support is going to be brutal down the stretch. Um, so, I think they, uh, yeah, they have a good chance to beat the Colts, but uh, that offense can't run the ball at least and help out C.J. Stroud. Got to get Damian Pierce going. Yeah, if C.J. Stroud yeah. doesn't get some type of uh, run game with him, guys, they're just leaving him out there to be exposed with that offensive line, like you said, that's in shambles right now. It's a mash unit. Mash unit. And, and yeah, the one thing with the injury to Noah Brown and the injury 
to uh, maybe you see more Tank Dell here. Maybe you get more yep. Tank Dell on the, the the rookie out of Houston. He had a great preseason. Maybe he's a guy that can make some plays because that's what you need, Rod. You're you're not going to go on long sustained drives with this team. You're going to need some explosive plays from somebody on the offensive side. And, and uh, Machi is back at practice. He's been suited up the last couple of days as well. So okay. so you that's another couple that opens up for Tank Dell for Machi. Two guys you drafted in the last two years that are supposed to be you know you're hoping to get them to be future wide receivers for you. They are both going to be available to, to give in these games. And with Noah Brown out, it gives you that. Uh, also, I'll give Stingley credit. Stingley looked really good at cornerback in week one. Yep. Uh, you know, I always always give Rod a hard time about it live because we would bring up the fact that Sauce Gardner was the pick after Stingley. That the Texans, Ooh. even though the pick was good, Ooh. you still screwed it up. You, and he didn't screw it bad. But there was, the guy right after was probably the guy. Uh, but he's he's coming out and playing really well. He's supposed to be back to 100% health right now. You need that with Petrie with the, the bruised lung because he had an amazing fre- uh, rookie season. So hopefully he'll be able to come back and uh, look good there. Why don't we take a break? Uh, and then we'll come back. We'll talk Vikings-Eagles. We'll talk. We'll give you an update on the Rangers game. Uh, we'll get you into that as well. So if they're, they're a game back from the Astros right now, could cut it back to half a game. And you can still go out and check out. I know the weather may not be great, but I know the wings are hot. Out at Wings Up. Oh, yeah. You're right. Rod, what do you got Four out there? Do- $4 hook'em aluminum cans of Bud Light. That's out here for you. You can come down uh, enjoy some of those, but also the wings are fantastic. Matter of fact, I'm going to get some uh, to go here in just a second, uh, but plenty of good times and good food out here at uh, Wings Up here uh, in the Hancock Center. If you're looking for us, we'll be out here. Uh, I'll be out here actually for a while. Throughout the end of the show, I'm going to order some food, hang out, have myself a Bud Light, and you should come out here and hang out and join us as well. Perfect. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will get into the game tonight. We will get into maybe a little bit more Texas talk, uh, give you an update on MLB right here on the Sports Complex. And also, 512-337-377 text. Pies are winning right now. It's unacceptable for our listener base to be a pie listener base. I need Team Cake to represent. Send in your text, Team Cake. We'll be back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7 on The Horn. Woke up this morning. Yeah. You got yourself, yourself, yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got yourself, yourself. Yo, I'm living in this time behind enemy lines, so I got mine, I hope ya. Got yourself, yourself. You from the hood, I hope ya. Got yourself, yourself. You want beef, hope ya. Got yourself, yourself. And when I see you, I'ma take Back on the Sports Complex. Playing a little Nas for you for Nas's 50th birthday. You know, just a little, you know, it's, I don't have the full, we don't have the full themes weeks. I still talk to you guys. I see you guys out, meet up with some of you guys that have been listening to the horn for a long time. And you you want those those musically themed weeks back. But uh, we're, we're going to do weeks. And now that the Rangers are not playing any more 6 o'clock games uh, going forward, then uh, then we will be able to bring you some uh, some more musically themed weeks here on the Sports Complex. Of course, my man Rob Babers out at Wings Up bringing the party tonight uh, for the big game, Minnesota versus Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Rod, does, does Nas turning 50 make you feel at least older, even if you're not a Nas guy, that, that, that guys made it that long in the game? Yeah, no, I, I, I am often, um, you know, pondering about the time that will come in the future because hip-hop is not that old, right? Hip-hop is not even 50 yeah. years old. It's barely 50 years old as a genre. 
that one day in like all of the nur- like the nursing homes and like all of like you know the retirement communities, you're gonna have these 70, 80 year old people who are gonna be jamming like Nas and Tupac and UGK, you know what I mean? And like you know Killer Mike and the people will be like, this is the music, but that that's the music we grew up with. And you know my mom and dad, they're old, but they grew up with Motown. In the R&B, people grew up in rock and roll, and somehow that seems more acceptable than your mom and dad jamming, you know, Tupac hit him up, all right? And <laughs> when you're 80 years old, when you're getting up, like, you know what, I'm in the mood for some hit him up. You're like, Grandma, why are you, watch, why are you, why are you listening to that? It's like, you don't know nothing about Tupac? Boy, Tupac was, was the OG. And it's, you know, it's going to be weird that time whenever that happens, but I'm going to be that. That elderly person, when I'm like, I don't know, 75, 80, if I make it that long, my kids going to be listening to me, listen to Pac and UGK, and they're going to think Grandpa is kind of weird. No, I'm going to tell, tell you the one that's going to hit you, and it'll probably happen within the next 10 to 15 years. You're going to be going through, like, H-E-B, and you're just going to be getting some, and then you're going to be rapping along, and you're like, wait a minute, that's the music you're <laughs> playing in H-E-B? <laughs> Because there's songs that play at at grocery stores and at at gas stations and stuff, and you're like, walk in, you're like, kind of feeling it, and they're like, wait a minute. This is what I listened to growing up. That's why why I jam UGK. They they won't be jamming Pimp C in H-E-B. I assure you. No, you have to go to to that corner store. Yes, there you go. That corner store will be jamming Pimp C. They know. Right across the street, we're by the Fiesta over there. Uh, Let's get into some talk about the game tonight. People can go check it out at Wings Up, where you're at, at the Hancock Center, $4 Bud Lights, uh, while the show is going on. So get out there and get your drinks in early and then enjoy the game. Uh, Vikings at Eagles. Eagles are favored by six. They have some injuries. Brad, uh, Bradbury and Blankenship in the secondary are both out. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell is out at running back. Some injuries. The Vikings, you know, we, we know that they have tried to change up their uh, philosophy a little bit and get away from being the Dalvin Cook running attack that also throws a ball. They paid Hawkinson all that money. They drafted Jordan Addison. Of course they have Justin Jefferson. It, when you look with the injuries to the Eagles right now, is, there, is this a Vikings team that legitimately has a shot tonight to beat this Eagles team? Oh, I don't know. I, I got to go back to that Eagles defensive line. I know the Eagles have got some, they've got some, even some injuries on their defensive front too. But they're so damn deep on their defensive front and D-line. And Minnesota, uh, speaking of quarterback hits a lot, we were talking about that earlier with, uh, with Zach Wilson. Well, Minnesota was, had the third most quarterback hits allowed uh, in week one. You're going to be in that Philadelphia defensive front. I'll give you a little stat about that Philadelphia Eagles defensive front. So they keep with BGO, uh, which is basically – not B.O., but B.G.O., <laughs> all right, which is pass, basically pass rush, how fast you get off the line of scrimmage when the ball is snapped. Uh, Miles Garrett is the fastest from week one at .58. He's just a freak of nature. He had one that was .44, just ridiculous X-Man type stuff. But five of the top eight pass rush get-off uh, leaders in the NFL for week one were Eagles. Josh Sweat, number two, at .59. Jalen Carter, number three, .68. Hassan Reddick fourth at .70, you get it. Five of the top eight. Man, they can really make a quarterback's life hell, and that includes Kirk Cousins. And like you said, they want to throw the ball more. All right, because Justin Jefferson, who actually, Justin Jefferson may be, uh, may set a record in this game. Just keep uh, an eye open for that, because I think if he gets like 25 yards, 
he'll have the he'll be tied for the record of fewest games to get to 5,000 yards receiving, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's the number. Um, but anyway, they want to throw it more. Like you said, Jordan Addison, a part of that offense. For me, if there's any team that is, I don't know, that, that right now isn't primed for regression, I see it as the Vikings just because of how they won last year. Remember, they were 13-4, and four, but they were the first team in NFL history to win 13 games, have a negative point differential. They had 11 one-score uh, wins. Uh, which was also unprecedented, uh, and eight of their 11 one-score games were required a fourth-quarter comeback. And it's like that usually there's regression uh, when you have stats like that year to year. I think we may be looking at that for Minnesota. I just don't, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm betting on Philly in this matchup. I'll still take Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, even though they're banged up at running back. I think that defense is just ferocious. Yeah, and they still have running backs on that team because they went and they, they trade for Swift from from the line. Like they go out and try and get Rashad some guys. Penny. Rashad yeah. Penny. Like they made an effort because they want to be deep. And it, you know, I know people are saying Jalen Hurts is running the ball too much, but they're like, we paid him. We're going to have him run it. So there's going to be that. I, I'm still the Minnesota Vikings. I agree with you. Recession wise, it seems like they're the team there, and it also like everything points of. When you look at smaller market teams and how they run things and teams that don't, you know, are not competing for Super Bowls a lot and those teams that are kind of okay, the ownership seems to be kind of okay to be in the middle. It seems as if they're at a point right now where they are fully invested as much as they're going to be in this team. They know the Justin Jefferson contract's coming up. They know they're going to have to pay Kirk Cousins again if they want to keep him. And I think they're kind of saying, well, if this is going to be a passing team, then let's throw everything at it. And if our numbers, and if we don't win, we're going to blame it on that. We're not. We're going to use that to negotiate Justin Jefferson down. If he won't take it, then he's gone. We're going to move off, and we'll restart, kind of reset with Jordan Addison and Hawkinson, and we'll reset what we're doing. And, and we'll still be in the middle of the pack. We won't be bad, but we won't be good. We can look at other teams that were around and our rivals, and we can reset with them. I, it just seems small market-wise that that's kind of a path that a lot of these teams take. So I'm a little bit... You know, it seems as if they're kind of really going all in on the passing game because of Justin Jefferson, and I don't know if that's the best way to play football when you have a quarterback that isn't an elite quarterback. He's good, but if you can run the ball, it helps him out a ton. No, I'm with you. I think, and you know, I, I think they're gonna have to pay Justin Jefferson. If they don't, then he's gonna hit. He's gonna be looking to hit the free agent market, or he's gonna become yeah. the disgruntled receiver if they try to. You know, put the franchise tag on them. You don't want that. So I think they're going to have to pay him. And, yeah, the market value for him is going to be immense because the we talked about inflation at the wide receiver position. He's about to break the bank. Oh, yeah. Um, no doubt. Because he's, he's, already, he's already breaking all the records right now. He's going to break another record tonight, like I just said. Yeah, he's and, and I know that there's an extra game in the season, so some of the records he's breaking, uh, the you know, the quickest uh, to yards in season terms. But he is just playing out of his mind. And that is where the Kirk Cousins. Like, I, I get that, you know, people, because you're Cowboys fans and you watch the Cowboys, hate Dak Prescott. But Dak Prescott is at least as good as Kirk Cousins, if not better. And if you said CeeDee Lamb was setting those records, you'd think CeeDee Lamb was the next, the, the second coming. Like, so that's a guy that, I, I, yeah, I, for me, too, this is an Eagles win. Uh, I you know it's a Thursday night game too, which a lot of times you don't have the game planning to really make special attacks on guys. And if we're just going talent against talent, then I have to go with Philadelphia because I feel like they're they're the team that's just rated. They know what their identity is. And Minnesota with 
with Madison now at running back, seems to still trying to figure it out at, that it's we got to spread the ball around because we paid Hawkinson, we drafted Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison had, I think, two touchdowns last weekend. So, you know, they're spreading the ball around, but that means you still got to get the ball to Jefferson. I, I, I think this is still an Eagles game. Yep, and, uh, yeah, and I, I'm with you. I think for the Eagles, man, they have the lines of scrimmage for them in the end, they have better lines of scrimmage than most of the teams are going to play, offensive line and defensive line. So even with the skill position, if you're dealing with injuries or you're dealing with depth issues, man, they're still winning the lines of scrimmage most of the time. Yeah. And the quarterback position, I'll take Jalen Hurts over Kirk Cousins. I think most of us will. Yeah, Sirianni's just a really good co- – I mean, because they lose offensive and defensive coordinator and still looking good. Uh, I will there. say this about can I say this about Kevin yes. O'Connell real quick though the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Strangely enough, if you look at coaches and their records uh, and win percentage in games where they have an opportunity for a fourth quarter comeback or a game winning drive, he actually is eight and one in those situations because of last season. <laughs> so he that is weird though. He he's actually coaching he's coaching and really well in those situations. So we'll see if that regresses to the mean from last season too or if maybe that's just something that he does really well as a coach yeah and that's a hey that's a quality not a lot of people possess so he yeah. will be he'll be very wanted uh mlb update since we're not carrying the rangers today so we could bring you a full show today the rangers did just retake the lead three two in the middle of the second right now Corey seager's already got a home run and he doubled in those two rbis so he's already got three rbis in this uh in this game so Corey seager he's having himself a season there in he Texas. Is, They're a game he back is. from the Astros right now. Tied in the loss column. The, the Mariners are tied in the loss column. This is a thing in, in basketball. It's a little bit different in baseball because they play so many games. But in basketball, you were always told you look at the loss column because for a winning team, that's the column that there's going to be less of. So when you don't have matching schedules, you worry about that loss column and when you can't make up a loss. You can only make up wins. So they're tied with the Rangers right now in losses. They've, the Astros have just played two more games. So this will be a big one for the Rangers to get because it would mean they basically pull themselves a game they haven't played away from tying the Astros for the AO West. Of course, the Astros have the tiebreaker as long as it is a two-way tie because the Astros own the Rangers. But uh, <laughs> uh, we did get a text asking us uh, if, the, if we do talk Texas and Wyoming. Since I got you, Rod, let's talk a little Texas and Wyoming oh, before we get here. Also, if anybody wants to check us out talking Texas and Wyoming, we'll be doing that uh, Saturday as well, 430 to 630 here on the horn and uh, at the Mockingbird, we'll be we will be talking. Uh, me and Rod yes. will be doing the pregame show for Texas yep. versus Wyoming this week, so you can tune in there. But uh, they wanted to ask, uh, can you talk about which player or position you would like to see dominate to feel like it improved this week? And I think there's a oh, couple that, things. That's easy. Yeah, that's easy. I I think for I'll just say for Sark. Sark wants to see the O line dominate yes. this week. He, that's what he wants most of all. Because think about it, in the Rice game, the offensive line, you know, without a strategic, tactical, schematic advantage, he wanted to see them impose their will on Rice. They didn't in the first half, uh, but in the second half, we saw them put together more consistent drives and be able to run the football more consistently. In the game versus Bama, even, and I, I said this uh, on Hook 'em Up, and uh, he, all Sark admitted it in the Monday press conference or Monday media availability. He didn't think they could run the ball consistently versus Alabama, which is why they threw the ball on first down upwards of close to 70% of the time at that pass rate on first down against Alabama. Because he was like, you know what? We're going to supplement the passing game. That'll be 
you know, are basically that long handoffs, essentially their extension of the running game. So in this game, I think he does, before you get into conference play, I think he does want to infuse some confidence in the running game. I also think he wants some consistency in the running game. So he's going to try to get it in this matchup versus Wyoming. The, the problem is their strength is their front seven. Uh, they got really good defensive ends. Matter of fact, the, the coach says Devon Harris and Braden Siders, two of their best players on defense. They like their defensive tackles, uh, nose tackle, cold Godbout, and their uh, I think Jordan Bartignol is the other defensive tackle. And Easton Gibbs is probably the best player on the defense. He's a middle linebacker. He's the preseason uh, All Mountain West Conference uh, selection to be the defensive player of the year. So that's their strength. Their weakness is actually the secondary. That's where their weakness is, and I wonder if Sark will line up his strength, which is the passing game, J.T. Sanders, X-Man, A.D. Mitchell, and Jay Witt with Quinn Ewers. That's their strength. That's their identity, and it's perfectly uh, matched up with the, the weakness of Wyoming, which is their secondary. So I wonder if he'll say, screw the run game. We're just going to throw it, and then we're going to get a lead, and then we're going to make sure we can get Quinn out and get Archie in or Malik in first, then Archie in, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with that. I will say I think also if you want to look at something they're gonna, he's going to want to see them do better at, it's drops. It's like I talked with E about so like Jonathan Brooks, uh, he's dropped yeah. two touchdown passes in two games. And when you wonder why Jonathan Brooks lost the job to C.J. Baxter, I think that's a big part of it is that he's drawing up plays and he's in the right spot, but he's just losing focus and too worried about making that turn to the end zone and not focusing the ball into his hands. Because you know he can make it, but that's two in two games where it was just him not making the catch. So I think, and, and Xavier Worthy dropped one, and JT Sanders dropped. I think he's going to want to see that of seeing all those guys get, get to focus on the plays, especially after last week. And then, and you know, Sanders and, and uh, Adonai Mitchell blocking. Because there's been, <laughs> look, there's just been some times where you've seen it and you see a play developing and they're not necessarily blocking on a, and, and JT Sanders blocks when he's supposed to block on the line. But sometimes when he gets out in space, he doesn't engage the block. And we, we saw that on one of the big plays, but he doesn't necessarily engage right away and allows a guy to get around him to get downfield. And I get it. It sucks to block, but this is, this is one of those games. You want to you want to win a you want to win a Big Twelve title? You better block in every single game. You better do this in every game. I think that's going to be Sark's main thing this week. Yeah, that's a good one about the balls on the ground, Patrick. I agree with you on that, and I'm with you. you ain't got to be a necessarily a capable blocker, even though JT Sanders is, but I need you to be an enthusiastic blocker. And sometimes A.D. Mitchell isn't even enthusiastic about it. You can tell that body language. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to do this. I shouldn't know you don't want to do this based on your body language. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to see you engage. I want to see you be aggressive. Yes. Yeah, that Sark talked about uh, in the when they asked him about the John Wick mentality and keeping it now that you're a top five team. He says, I want us to attack them. I want everyone to feel attacked. And you go, that's, that's that same mentality. Uh, I, I, want, I want your blockers. I want a wide receiver to not even be in the play. I want you to look like that punter for the Bills. That's what I want you to look like, those guys. When the punter did the jump away push. Jump on the, away the, push, man. The yeah. jump away push when uh, the scoring touchdown goes in, the game-winning touchdown. I can picture it. I can oh, visualize it. The yeah. jump away push where you're like, why are you jumping, first of all? And then it you jumped athletic. away from the play. <laughs> oh, just terrible. Uh, I want to ask you this, though, Rod. Well, I got you. That uh, One of the things that came out in the, the media availability, I don't know if it was reported on earlier this week, was that on Tuesday 
the players held a the leadership council called a players only meeting yes to basically allow them to among themselves say that was awesome let's move on to Wyoming we have bigger fish to fry and we need to move on is this a in your years of, of playing and, and all that how common is the we just want a big game players meeting it's not that common actually I always compare players meetings players only meetings to to it's like couples therapy or, or <laughs> marriage counseling right nobody goes to marriage counseling when things are great usually you're in marriage counseling because uh, the fit has hit the shan right things are not going so well you want to get things back on track but that doesn't mean that marriage counseling can't benefit a, a couple that's doing really well so i think this is the exception right this is the couple that's going to the the counseling who doesn't necessarily need it but they still want their they want their marriage they want their relationship I, to to flourish i, I think that I'll, I'll give you the analogy i think that this is a two people that are on their second marriage going to marriage counseling because <laughs> you, you have some of these players they were like look we felt really good about things last year until it went off the rails and I, we see we see some of you young guys going out there and doing it i get the coaches are on you and you're laughing and we're having fun i'm just saying we see that with the stuff the coaches don't see and let's let's cut it right now we haven't done anything we're two and up yep and, and i get i again i don't want to downplay it for fans enjoy the crap out of that alabama win but for them, you got to focus up and get your job done. Rat poison. Rat poison. <laughs> exactly. All right, we got to take one more break. We'll come back and wrap it up here. Uh, Rod Babers out at Wings Up in the Hancock Wings Center. $4 Bud Lights. You can still get them while we're on the air. We'll be right back here on the Sports Complex on 1019 and 1260, the Horn app, and at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7. Hell yeah! On the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. Back on the sports complex, it's last call here on the show. Not at Wings Up. Where my man Rob Babers is hanging out right now. You can go check him out for a few more minutes while he's out there ha- enjoying a nice, cool Bud Light. Right, Rod? Uh, I'm getting ready to it, so I'm going to order right now. So this is, I wanted to wait till the show was over. I'm trying to be a professional around here. <laughs> trying to be a professional. <laughs> we make it hard. We do make – our job makes it hard sometimes to yeah, be a cake professional. Or pie, cake know? or pie. Cake or pie, yeah. You know, that people – I, icing beats out pie. Just in its own. Pie. Without cake, icing beats out pie. You hey, guys are brother. crazy. Guys on the text line. Uh, also, a reminder that uh, I will be filling in for Aaron Hogan going out there with Rod Babers uh, yes, Saturday, 4.30 to 6.30 at the Mockingbird Saloon down by campus, getting you ready for uh, pregame for the big Texas-Wyoming game. I'll say every game's a big game now. Every game gets to yeah. be class- classification of a big game because You're Texas right. looks like they could be something special this year. I'm drinking some more of that Kool-Aid, Rod. Drinking some more hey, of that Kool-Aid. I think after that Bama game, man, we done sipping that Kool-Aid. It's time to turn up. <laughs> We're going to be drinking that Kool-Aid. We're drinking that Kool-Aid Chug like uh, like <laughs> Ty was after he drank after he ate four ghost pepper wings. 
That's what that cool. We're drinking that cool like that at the Bama game. It's like going all side of his mouth and all on his shirt, just, just guzzling that stuff. I, man. The, what I heard was he wanted the dribble because it made it feel better on his lips. That was. <laughs> you, y'all will have plenty of this tomorrow morning, six to eleven here on the Horn. Ian Rybe. I'm sure Ty will break it down if he can. If he can get out of bed, we'll see if he's willing to get out of bed on a Friday morning. Uh, we got to get out of here. Uh, Rangers update. Rangers are up three to two. Miami's only up seven. They got a long way to go to cover that 53. Ooh, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Remember, everybody, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean, and we'll see you back here tomorrow on the Sports Complex on the Horn.